You're listening to the Plain Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Waltorton. There we go. Right, welcome to the first Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and with me in the studio is my co-host, Simon Waltorton. Hello there. How are you, Simon? I'm fine. Good, good, good. This is our first podcast, uh, so um, apologies for any tuts, ums, and uhs, because there'll probably be loads of them, and um, I haven't quite worked out how to edit them out yet. So on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, all things aviation, um, po- mostly uh, commercial aviation with me, and Simon is going to chat with you about the military stuff, because he is our... Um, foremost knowledgeable base of uh, military aviation, aren't you, Simon? Yes. Yes, you are. So we're going to run the show uh, as a sort of um, a, a, a demo as such at first. We'll see how this one goes. And uh, we're going to start off with some aviation news. So first off, and then we're going to start with some aviation news. So with some news uh, for all the passengers out there, or people who like to fly Ryanair, uh, we can see that Ryanair are uh, s- well. They're going to make some quite awesome changes in in the next uh, few months. They're going to drop their cost of adding hold luggage at the airport from sixty pounds to thirty pounds. And they're also going to introduce a 24-hour grace period for holidaymakers who book through the Ryanair website, um, allowing passengers to make minor uh, corrections or to correct mistakes made during the booking process at no cost, which is good because I've done that a few times, Simon, made mistakes um, online, and they'd charge you some ridiculous fee to... To change them. Yeah, so I don't agree with the luggage charge. No, no, nor do I. I think that's, um, that's something they could really do without. Yeah. Um, and also, um, Ryanair are going to be, from the 1st of November, which is just passed, uh, are going to be operating a quiet flight. Um, so prior to 8 in the morning and after 9 p.m. in the evenings, um, during these quiet flights, there'll be no announcements made on board other than the uh, required safety announcements, and the lights will also be dimmed, which will be nice, because I've flown with Ryanair, and one of the things that really annoys me is when you get that, that annoying, when you land on time, the... You know, another on-time arrival, when nine times out of ten, you're actually late arriving, and... Um, and that's, 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 yeah, that kind of shocks you. Is so, this all a money uh, thing, do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, I think Ryanair are starting to um, wake up to the idea now that, that that being the way they have been for so long now is, is not good. They're getting so much customer feedback and complaints um, from people who are upset by the, the, the standard of customer service they're yes. given that they're having to make these changes t- to um, provide a better service. Yeah, they are one of the poorest airlines sort of customer base. We, yeah, well, 
they their only competitor really is EasyJet in the UK. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But they are poor for customer service. See Definitely. Magazine yeah. and everything. Yeah, they they need to they need to poke their ideas up anyway to compete with compete with Ryanair. Um, so that's some news from Bank Ryan there. We've got some more here as well. Um, apparently, according uh, to this site, Ryanair carried a record 8.02 million passengers in October, um, up 6% on uh, this uh, October last year, 2012. So they're, they're carrying more people. So people are still using Ryanair. But I think like most people, for me... I fly Ryanair, not because I want to, but because they are cheap. Yes, yeah. And also they offer the flight times that um, appeal to me. Yes. Um, I mean, as you, as Simon probably knows, I, I do travel to Malta a lot. And uh, one of the problems is getting a flight that arrives at a decent time so you don't lose the first day of your holiday. Yeah. And a lot of the... Um, carriers such as Air Malta and EasyJet that fly from Gatwick, they tend to take off at um, sort of 10, 11 o'clock in the evening and get into Malta at the early hours of the morning. Oh, text message. <laughs> Always got good to have a text message while you're on there, while you're on air. Um, so, yeah, so I tend to fly Ryanair because they offer flights that take off early in the morning and get you to Malta at a good time so you don't lose your whole first day of your holiday. So um so that that's the reason really why I use Ryanair. Um but so good news news there for them Ryanair. Uh, eight point oh two million passengers. That's gotta be good for them. Now the aircraft they use, are they still seven three seven eight hundreds? They are yep, they're the seven three seven eight hundred series. Um they that is ha- the only aircraft they do, yeah, that is the only aircraft type that Ryanair um, use. They recently put a big order in, yep. um, which you probably saw for um, some new some new Boeing 737-800s um, to replace the older ones in the fleet, because some of them are quite old now. Um, I know that uh, um, my uncle Richard, who Simon knows very well, uh, he flew back from Malta uh, last month and uh, with Ryanair, and the aircraft that he flew on was nearly 10 years old, um, which is, is not old, really, um, in air, air, aircraft, aircraft sort of terms. But for an aircraft such as that, which does the frequency of flights that, that they do, I think it was, um, it was showing its age quite, yeah. uh, quite inside, quite a bit. Now, not, not a lot of people know the winglets on the aircraft do actually save a lot of money for fuel. Yes. What is it, 15 or 20%? Uh, I'm not sure on the figures. I know, I know it's, it's a certain percentage, but have you seen the new winglet designs? That, no, um, I don't think I have. You know, you, the, if you know the, uh, for those of you who are listening, know the Airbus, uh, the 320s and the 319 have those kind of V wing wingtips that sort of v out at the at the end um and boeing have the sharklets yes. they they call them yeah. well apparently boeing are now going to start using a redesigned form of um like what airbus use but um it's like a v but a slightly more sort of curvier 
Um, it looks looks quite like the Airbus yes. version. But it's more moulded into the wing yes, rather than yeah. the uh, other winglets, which looks as though they've just been screwed onto the end. <laughs> That's it. <yeah. laughs> but, um, yeah, so they're going to start using... They do save money. I think they, they do save quite a bit of fuel. And a lot of uh, airlines that use the older um, next-gen 737s, 757s, and the 767s, have started um, retrofitting those winglets on. I mean, yeah. I, I saw uh, um, quite a few of the Thompson uh, 757-200s, and they've had the winglets fitted on yeah. uh, to save fuel. It looks rather strange on a lot of the older aircraft, yeah. those winglets <laughs> yeah. on, because they don't look quite right. No, no. Oh, I think on the 7.5, though, they do look quite nice, because yes. the 7.5 is quite a slender aircraft, um, and it sort of adds to the um, the sleek sleekness of the aircraft. I think on the seven six seven, I think they look a bit um, sort of small because the seven six is quite a, quite a big wide yes. body aircraft. Yes. But um, yes, so some more news. Moving on, uh, Monarch is doubling its fleet at Birmingham. Um, they go. They've announced. Um, uh, an extensive fleet renewal to deliver 60 new jets to replace some of the existing aircraft uh, and more than double its current fleet by 2020. Have you ever flown Monarch? Uh, yes, a couple of times. I think it was a 757. 75, yeah. That, and yeah. that was in the old, uh, real old uh, sort of livery with the little crown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it had the uh, yellow and black line through the fuselage. That's it, yeah. I think Monarch actually still fly A310s. The old... I'm pretty sure that Monarch's fleet consists of some old A310s, the old wow. wide-bodied Airbus they've got. They so must be old. They, they, they <laughs> are very old, yeah. Um, but the it says here on the news uh, post that... Uh, um, they're currently in the final stages of a tender process with Airbus, Boeing and <coughs> Bombardier to uh, re-equip its short-haul fleet. So that'll be interesting to see who Monarch choose, whether yes. they choose the uh, Boeing, Airbus or Bombardier product. Yeah. Yeah. Bombardier being the sort of... Um, HQ-400? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Prop, I, I, twin prop. Twin prop, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I if if I had to guess, I I think oh hold on we've got something popping up there. Um, I would say that um, Monaco probably going to go with Airbus. Yeah, that's just a guess. I think because at the time when Ryanair before they before they ordered their new seven three seven eight hundreds, there was sort of word that they were looking at other types of. Um, of uh, aircraft such as Airbus, um, but obviously I think to save costs, I think uh, Ryanair chose to stay with the Boeing product um, rather than change yeah. to another. Oh, I popped up again. <laughs> Don't know why that does that. That's an advert. So that's that bit of news. It would uh, be very good if the Airbus A400M was possibly made into a a passenger. Yeah. Passion. What do you think? That looks that would be good. <laughs> that would be good. I don't know what the seating configuration or how many that would hold or they could hold. That, that it would hold. It would carry a lot of weight. I don't know about passengers, but it would definitely carry a lot of weight. Definitely. Maybe sort of 
good for short haul or middle haul flights mm. in Europe. Imagine a C seventeen Globemaster passenger aircraft. Wow, that, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, taking off at a little <laughs> tiny airport, Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our local airport um, for for those of you listening out there is uh, Norwich Airport. Um, international. Yeah, if, it's if you can call it international. Well, you can. Yeah, if you can call it an international airport. Um, I I I I don't know how they can call it a national airport, really. I think it's because of the hub with Amsterdam. So. Yeah, because it's. I mean, I've personally looked at flying from there myself, and the cost of flights uh, to to say Malta or um, other European destinations are just so expensive. Yes, yeah. it's cheaper to fly from Stansted. And then you've got your ten pound passenger tax. That's it. Yeah. So. The only you thing you really save on is the cost of travelling uh, to the airport. Yeah, I think it's because uh, it's expensive. Uh, um, I suppose all the oil rig workers. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of those do use that. Yeah, and I think they bump the prices up just a tad. I think that with with the right thought and some some money spending, I think that um, they could make Norwich a really good airport. Yeah. Um, there's definitely the call for it around here, I think. Yeah. They've got to get rid of that £10 passenger tax. I yes, think. definitely. I think that puts a lot of people off. Yeah, it definitely puts me off. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I think I, I quite like flying from Stansted, actually. I've yeah. flown from Stansted the last few years. Um, it's a nice airport to fly from, London Stansted. Um, some easy access. That's it. Very easy access. Um... Some other airport news. While we're on the on the uh, subject of airports, uh, Luton Airport is um, looking to expand, and they're currently looking. They've got tenders out for uh, companies to uh, to work and build uh, their planned terminal expansion. It's going to be a hundred million pound terminal uh, expansion at London Luton Airport. Um, I mean, I've flown from Luton quite a few times in the last few years. Can't say it's my most favourite airport to fly from. Um, not so much because of the distance it is from where to where I live, but uh, the airport layout itself is is not great. Yep, it could definitely do with an expansion. Absolutely, I've uh, been there once, and that was to pick my mum up after a Concord flight, which was a uh, Concord. Uh, yes, that's a name we haven't heard for a while. Yes, um, me and my brother, we picked her up. Uh, from Luton, and uh, we took her to Heathrow, and she flew around the Bay of Biscay, and uh, came back in there. That was in 1994. 1994. So it's quite a way. Uh, do you miss a, Do you miss Concorde? Yes, I do. I yeah. think it should still still be flying. Definitely. Definitely, that um, should still be flying. A wonderful aircraft. Uh, more hours in that, I think, but it's just a shame that uh, money again, so... I think a lot of it was political. Yeah. I think the reason I got rid of it. I think we took a huge leap backwards when we uh, took the took the Concorde out of flying service. Well, you've gone from subsonic, uh, su- supersonic to subsonic. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, and I, and I, d- I don't think there'll be another aircraft to replace it in terms of speed for a long while, yeah. No. Um, such a shame. But I have been on the one at Duxford. Yes. Uh, had a wander around there. It's uh, quite an awesome uh, bit of uh, a technical 
Mind you, the cockpit is just seems very oh very cramped, yeah. And the f- actual cabin's not that huge. No. Um, but still, I would have loved to have flown on Concorde. Yes, so would I. Um, and it is a shame that they don't just take one flying Concorde and keep it airworthy yes. um, for air shows or stuff. Because um, it is an iconic aircraft. Um, you know, like a lot of the military aircraft that they, they keep flying, you know, the Lancasters and the Vulcan. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's call for the Vulcan to be shown at air shows. Yes. There should be a sort of separate thing to say, let's get the Concorde funded and flying. Yeah. The one at D- the Concorde at Duxford did actually fly um, into the airp- that airport. F- yeah, that flew in... Before the motorway was built. That Yeah. I forget that. It was a, quite a few years ago that was yeah. done. But, um, that only had about 200 hours uh, flying. Yeah. So it was a, yeah, it was a test aircraft. That was a test aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was. Right, so we are... Okay, with that uh, bit of music, we're going to bring in some military aviation news. So for this, I'm going to hand you over to our military aviation expert. It's Simon. Thanks. Um, Just some good news, really. The Red Arrows have now extended their uh, display season this year, which is good. Um, We've got a Middle East tour. That was a shock to me. And uh, if we uh, have a look at the uh, dates... Um, they're going to start displaying in uh, November, and that's going to run through to December the 2nd. And what have we got here? We've got Qatar on the 7th of November, Bahrain on the 10th, Oman on the 13th, Dubai 16th, Dubai Air Show 17th to the 21st, and then they're in Abu Dhabi on the 24th, 26th in Kuwait, the 30th Al Ain, and also the 1st and 2nd of December. So that's pretty good, really. They've got to take all the other aircraft out there with them, and all the dye, and which they use for the display. So, yeah, so you th- do you think they'll be at uh, Farnborough um, next year? Yes, that's already confirmed. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. That's good. And it's their 50th anniversary next year. Ah. 50 years. 50 years. Unbelievable. Of the Red Arrows. Yes. That's that's a, quite an achievement. It is. They used to uh, fly the Hawker Hunter, and they were called the Black Arrows, and they had 21 aircraft. They had the Red Pelican, Pelicans, which were the Jet Provost, and the Fallen Nat and the Yellow Jacks, and then they went to nine aircraft Um and then they had the Hawk, which is a current aircraft. And that was around 1977, I think. Yeah, so... That'd be good to see him. For those who are listening, me and Simon will be heading off to Farnborough 
next year uh, in July. July the 20th will be there, won't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll be residing at the air show on the Sunday for the last day. Um, hopefully by then we'll have some nice Plain Talking UK t-shirts to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Are we wearing them at the uh, air show? <laughs> yes, we should be wearing those at the air show, definitely, so people can see us. Hopefully by then we would have made a few more episodes and, and uh, got a bit more sort of in tune with how to do this podcasting type stuff. Um, if you're listening, uh, Jeff, Captain Jeff, uh, hello. Uh, you've been the inspiration to do this, and hopefully we sound good, um, and hopefully you find us interesting. Also, Max Flight and all the guys at um, the Airplane Geeks podcast, um, hopefully you'll you'll have listened to this as well. And enjoyed it. And also Peter Johnson and the guys at Extended. Hopefully you guys have uh, listened to this as well. Um, This is our first podcast. um, Totally uh, unrehearsed. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. But we're going to talk about a little bit now before we go. Just about air show stuff. Because Simon, you've been to quite a few air shows um, this year. Yes. You've been to Riyadh. Yes, that was uh, very good. And for people who don't know, we call it Riyadh. It's a Royal International Air Tattoo. Ah, and whereabouts uh, that's actually is that? The Cotswolds. Yes. Ah, which right. is in Gloucestershire. So, is that quite a long drive? It is a long drive. It's quite out in the country and uh, out of the way, but it's well worth it. Ah. No American participation this year. So. Yeah, that's probably due to the sequestration they've had yes. in the U- in yes. the US. They've um, cut quite a lot of the budgets yes. for the air shows. Yes. But uh, I heard uh, on a recent Airplane Geeks podcast that um, apparently the I think the US government have sort of thought, oh, blimey, um, we shouldn't have done that. And they're um, bringing back, I forget the name of the... American display team now. Um, Blue Angels. Blue Angels. They're bringing them back into the air show um, sort of routine and stuff, I think, from next year. I'd love year. to see them. I'd mm. love to see them. So uh, so, so, what was at Riyadh then? Is it purely military or is um, there no, general aviation? Or? Yeah, general aviation. Um, this year was a good year. The uh, first British Airways Airbus A380 in formation with the Red Arrows. Oh, I bet that was good. Oh, spectacular. Spectacular. I think I remember seeing the pictures you took of that on, yes. on, uh, yeah. on Facebook. And then they'd done a solo display uh, each. So the Red Arrows done their display, and then they formed up. And then the Airbus done its display, so it was good. Ah. First time, the girls, uh, my daughters, uh, really liked that, so that was good. So you're getting the whole family into oh, yeah, aviation. Definitely. Yeah, my three girls and my wife, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Like that. That's good. That's good, getting the whole family uh, yeah, into into aviation. They, they like it. So, so are there any other uh, aircraft in um, on the air show itself, Dave? Any old stuff, Spitfires? Um, yeah, there was uh, the Spitfires and the BBMF, which is a Battle of Britain Memorial flight. Yeah, so... I tell stuff. you what, I tell you, it would have been nice to sing Concord there. Oh, that would. <laughs> you could, you um, years ago, you could could fly in from Heathrow to there. Uh, one hundred and seventy pounds. So it's actually a, a, a fully functional airport. Yes, that, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, oh right. I've never actually been to Riyadh, so I wouldn't know. But um, it's ju- well, it's just for the uh, air show days. Oh, um, right. Civilian aircraft can fly in, so it's good. 
And you've also been to Duxford this year. Yes, when, a few when times. Was that? Um, well, we had September, October, July, um, I think in May as well. So, yeah. Was that was that mostly um, sort of wartime aircraft displays? Or? Um, no, it was a mixture, really. Um, the Red Arrows were on at the start of the season, which was in May, and also at the end of the season, September. So, yeah. Yeah. I must admit, I, I, I used to go to the Duxford Air Shows years ago, but I haven't been, haven't been for about four years now, I think was the last time I went. Yeah. I should really start. We're going we're gonna to make an effort to go to as many air shows next year as we possibly can. Um, Simon's invited me to go to Riyadh next year, which I fully intend on, uh, on going. So, so count me in on that one. Yes, okay, definitely. <laughs> and I'm dragging you to du- du- Duxford. And the Duxford as well, yeah. Yep. Even though, um, I mean, my background really is um, passenger aircraft. My, my passion is, is um, passenger aircraft. And obviously Simon uh, is is the military man, but uh, I enjoy all aspects of aviation and flying. Um, always have done for many years. Um, from a ch- from an early age, I was lucky being in, uh, being an only child, no brothers or sisters. <laughs> so uh, I was quite privileged and had um, quite a few holidays, which involved a lot of flying. Um, and for those of you listening who know me from the, the Airplane Geeks and uh, the Airline Pilot Guy podcast, Jeff, um, you'll know my favourite aircraft is the TriStar, the Lockheed L-1011, uh, which sadly is being phased out, um, I heard, early this month in 2014. Um, the RAF at Bryce Norton are getting rid of... Um, all nine of the TriStars they have, because they got theirs originally from uh, British Airways and Pan Am. Yeah. Um, the Pan Am ones they uh, they use as for transporting troops. They left the interiors quite quite sort of same as they were given over from Pan Am, and the XBA ones uh, will mostly convert to tankers, um, refueling tankers. Yeah. And uh, troop transport as well. They used to be called British Air Tours as well, British Airways. I yes. don't know why that was. And I can I can picture the the TriStar with the with the British Air Tours um, logo on as well. I, and the tail livery was slightly different mm, as well. Yeah, yeah, but definitely one of my favourite aircraft. Air sadly being phased out, replaced replaced by an Airbus. Yes, of all things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the A330 tanker, um, I think that's got a designation. I can't remember. They call it this is an A330 Voyager. Voyager, that's it. The Voyager, that's been replaced. This, um, I think, that's in service now. And at the Voyager, yes, they is, are yeah. using Saw that, that now. Uh, the uh, Riyadh Air Show, and obviously the VC10 has been phased out this year. Yep, that's gone. Sadly, yep, another ex-passenger uh, aircraft converted for military use. British aircraft. A British, that's it, a British-built aircraft, yeah. <laughs> and that was originally built at Brooklands, if I'm right. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because um, they've got one at Dunsfold Museum now, and uh, Brooklands is just across the uh, road. Ah. Yeah. I actually uh, heard um, on one of the shows I listened to, the other podcasts, um, that apparently they... 
uh, were talking of um, converting the... Do you remember the old BAE 146? Yep. The little um, stubby with the four engine. Yes, yep. they're still flying. They're still flying, yeah. Very, still a very popular aircraft. Uh, there was talk of those being used as uh, refueling tankers. Believe it or not, really? <laughs> I know it shocked me when I made. <laughs> it's something you wouldn't expect to see in the sky, um, in the sky. One of those as a refuel, but yeah. If that, can you see that refueling a globe master? <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't see that happening. No, no, not at all, not at all. But that is one of the bits of news that I did hear. But I, there's something as well that I also saw on the internet not so long back, um, as we sit here in chat, Simon. Um, the DC-10, which was the sort of TriStars competitor, which, although it was a good aircraft, just didn't look right with the engine sitting up on the uh, tail fin. It goes right through the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the TriStar was actually... Blended. Into the fuselage. Yes, looked looks very neat and tidy. Exactly, yes. Yes, I saw um, uh, a news report, and they are actually using the... Um, the, the the DC-10 as a uh, fire. Um, um, <laughs> I've gone. My mind's gone blank now. As uh, fire there, the fire um, putting out the fire forest fires. Oh yes, yeah, I'm with you. Yes, yeah, they uh, do that a lot in America. Um, they can either carry foam, retardant foam, or water. That's it. Yeah. So, and I've actually seen the footage of that. Um, dropping its water and it's quite spectacular yeah I saw a still picture um, of the tanker flying along and and obviously dropping water it it was just bizarre to see an aircraft which you tend to think of as a passenger aircraft um, with sort of doors opening underneath releasing water yes it looks a bit similar to the uh, Lancaster with when the doors mm. are open. Mm. Definitely. It looks like it's got Bombay doors, which I suppose it has, really. That's it. Um, but I've seen one on YouTube, and it does a real low pass and puts out this fire spectacular. And I expect that holds quite a lot of water yes. as well, quite a yeah, large aircraft. We'll have aircraft. to find out how many uh, gallons of water, if we can. And we'll, we'll, have to f- we'll have to find out for the next show. Yeah. Yes. Another good British-built aircraft I have flown on. Um, while we're on the subject of, is the BAC-111. Yes. Have you flown with them? Yeah, I think I've uh, been on them when I was a little boy. Mm. Now, Duxford have got one of those. They have, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have, I've been and, on board that one. And currently, it's in the uh, undercoated green paint. Oh, they've started painting it. Yeah, I told you, I think, last time, remember? Ah, yes, 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 yes. I think that's a, sp- a special undercoat they use before putting the livery back on. Because that was looking quite ropey. It was. Yeah. And that's just one of the unfortunate things, uh, being at Duxford and any aircraft outside, the standing around. Obviously, it just the weather takes its toll on the paint and uh, the aircraft, and they have to be preserved every so often. So. Yeah, this. Because they, they, them, those aircraft that are outside on static display at Duxford are not actually owned by Duxford. They're owned by a separate um, organisation yeah, um, that pre- preserves those yeah. aircraft. Yes, I think yeah. they run they run purely on like a donation basis. They do, yep. yeah. Um, but they do do a good job. There's some there's some great aircraft out. I went to Duxford. Um, it must be two years ago. Two thousand. No, yeah. Is it two years ago we went there? Um, took Grandad and uh, Uncle, Uncle there. Um, that's a, a, such an awesome museum. There's so much to see. Yeah, I mean we got we, the 
American we, Museum. That's it, yeah. That is spectacular. That is Black, very good. Blackbird. Oh, I love it. And the B-52. The B-52, yeah. That was good to see that, actually. And yeah. that is available on YouTube of it actually flying in. Oh, that'd be good to see that. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, uh, that's good. Right. Well, shall we call that a day then, Simon? Yes, for today. For today. We'll call that a day. Our first ever podcast. But we will be back. We will be back, yeah. That's, Hopefully uh, better. <laughs> Hopefully better, yes, yes. We're coming up to 32 minutes uh, recording, which is not bad really, actually, is it? Um, we will hopefully try and get one of these out. Um, I would hope on a try and get one sort of one a week, but if not, we'll try sort of a, um, two a month or something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. We do have work commitments, don't we? Yes. Yeah. We do. Um, and I work funny shifts, so it's it's hard to get time to come and record. And me too. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, we're going to come back bring you some more episodes, some more chat about aviation. Um, and we're also going to have a website up and running at some point soon. We'll let you know when that will be. And uh, any feedback, we are going to generate an email address. We're going to sort one of those out. We're going to let you know what the email address is. Uh, so you can send us some feedback. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you want to hear. Any other things and stuff. Some any questions? Any questions, well. yes. Military aviation questions, obviously address those to Simon, um, and uh, the other ones you can, you can uh, ask me, and we'll do our best to, uh, to answer them for you. Yes. And also, we hope later uh, on in our, in our seasons that uh, we're going to have some guests on the program via uh, Skype, um, yet to be, yet to be de- uh, discussed and chosen who we're going to have as a guest on the, pro- on the show. Um, but that should be good. So, with that done, uh, we'll say uh, say goodbye, Simon. Yes, goodbye. And it's a huge goodbye for me. And we look forward to uh, talking or you listening to us again on the Plain Talking UK podcast. So, that's it. Goodbye. And speak to you all soon. There we go.